0: Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening for whenever you're listening to this and welcome back to the chaos behind clarity podcast where we're sharing lessons as they are learned. My name is Saloni. I'm formally being trained as a dental student, but I'm also passionately pursuing life in the areas of mindset, excellence and character evolution. I'm deeply fascinated with philosophy and human behavior. So please join me as I open my mind and my heart to all that life has to offer. Today brings a coveted podcast guest, and I could not be more honored to have it with Dr. Singer, who, among the many hats he wears, is the Chairman of Diagnostic Sciences for Rutgers School of Dental Medicine. His humor and joyous personality is one that encourages many to pause and appreciate the little moments in life, and I'm sure there's many, many more lessons to learn for both his students and his colleagues from today's interview, so stay tuned, and I'm going to pass along the mic now to Dr. Singer, who can give a quick intro for himself.
1: Good morning, um, or good afternoon, or good evening, as the case may be. Um, I am truly honored to be here. Um, Talking with my students is always a wonderful way to spend some time during my day, Um, and especially amongst my favorite students, but they're all my favorites. Um, So I'm eager to start talking. So here I'm going to turn the mic back.
0: All righty. So today's episode, I believe it's six if I've not lost track of lost track of the episodes, but the topic today is growth and evolution through different decades of life. Um, my first question is for Dr. Singer is what is something you're currently learning or actively pursuing at this phase in life
1: Well, in terms of school there is, you could never know enough. Um, You know, they call it practice because it really is just practice. Um, You have to be a lifelong learner. Um, I think that goes beyond dentistry, but dentistry is particularly important. Um, The technology changes, ideas change, and you just have to keep up with that. Um, Outside of school, um, I am pursuing the perfect bike ride. You know, on Sunday mornings... Um, pursuing trying to be younger and trying to stay healthy and um, the other things are watching my family, watching my two children grow and become adults too
0: that is so sweet and wholesome and for anyone who's listening and can't see dr singer i assure you his mindset is not a day over 29 So he's still in his 20s. Um, All right. So a follow up question to that is amongst the many lessons you've learned personally and professionally, what do you think was probably one of the hardest pieces of advice that it um, was the hardest piece of advice for you to learn? And why was it so difficult to adopt?
1: The most difficult to learn is that, A, I don't know everything, so I do need to keep learning. And, you learn from everyone, and so you have to keep listening and to be patient and know when it's time to stop talking and to start listening.
0: <laughs> That's kind of ironic considering the nature of, of today's <laughs> interview, right? Um, all right. So what inspires you in the work that you do right now?
1: Absolutely my students. Um it's uh, always in awe of them. They are such smart and accomplished people um, that I am honored to be teaching them, and I always wonder that I actually have something for them to learn. And yeah, so that is always a challenge to be keeping everything fresh, to try to think of new approaches, um, to and to also look at the places where It doesn't work out as well where they're not learning as well as I'd like. And so what could I be doing differently?
0: I think that's true. Sometimes behind, you know, the WebEx screen or even when we were in person, it's difficult to gauge the personality, the incentives of why our professors are here today. And I'm sure many can can attest that it's not the salary that keeps you here, it's the students. So, um, I'm really glad about um, the fact that we have such wonderful, personable faculty here at Rutgers, and it makes my job as a student all that much more enriching. So, um, that's a wonderful question. I'm glad I added that in last minute. But, and so continuing back with the topic of changes through different phases of life, um, how would you compare and contrast yourself to the person you were in your 20s? And I know you're at the late end of your 20s now, (laughs) (laughs) but um, when you were in your 20s to the man you are today, what would you say is either the biggest difference or something that just never changed?
1: Well, you know, still in my 20s and probably long beyond that, I always felt that I was the youngest person in the room. And, you know, like you would go to, um, you know, to have lunch with other faculty. And I always felt that I was the youngest until at some point not long ago, I looked around and I realized, nope. Um, And not only that, that I was actually expected to know something and, you know, and to provide input. Um, I think that one of the biggest surprises that came along during, you know, over the years, was that my colleagues would come to me, and since I teach radiology, they would come with radiographs and say, what do you think of this? What, you know, what could this lesion be? And I realized that, A, I was expected to come up with the right answer, and, and B, like, and to do it like I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) And so, yeah, you realize that, yes, you do have to put in the work, and, so I became over the years more of a researcher, more of a reader. Um, you, know, the, you know, all the digital revolution has really settled very well. It's very easy. I could sit at my desk and look things up even without taking the steps over to the library. Um, you know, so even doing that research has become easier, but it also means that you have to actually do it and that it is expected.
0: So I guess this is a prime example of the idea that imposter syndrome never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think when, when we're in our you know early teens or late teens in your 20s and maybe even into your 30s, we're all kind of fumbling trying to figure out where we are. Stand in the social structure, professional structure, whatever environment that we're in, and as we grow through time, I guess um, we get the privilege of being comfortable in our own skin to maybe give those answers to the questions that students come in with, or you know, a professional colleague that asks you a question, or a personal question. You know, like these these moments where we have really good discussions and we're kind of held to a certain standard. It it tests you, and I think after a certain point, it you can again be comfortable in your own skin and answering those those points. Um so a question following that is, what has either been someone or a specific experience that you've been most thankful for in the last um, decade?
1: Um, I think that, you know, well, I'm always grateful to my family, who also um, continually teaches me things um, outside of dentistry, and, you know, and also here at school, just The things that I learn from my colleagues who are gracious about being mentors, um, you know, as one does age, the mentors kind of go away and you realize that, you know, it kind of flips and that you're responsible for mentoring other people and being, you know, not only a good mentee, but a good mentor as well.
0: Yeah, I think that shift, as you touched on prior, is also something very scary. Because, you know, at one point, like you said, you looked around you're like, oh, like, you know, maybe I'm the oldest by number or maybe by experience or whatever mm-hmm. have you. But yeah, it is very scary. And I think as even for myself, I'm I'm in my early 20s and I get to a point where, you know, I look at students around me and when you're in the haze of all the difficulty of life right now, whether it's clinic or personal um, issues like you, you lose track of the fact that you're now where you wished you were five years ago, you know, and that holds great amount of joy but also a lot of responsibility and i'm learning that i guess as i'm (laughs) trudging through 20s um all right Uh, so you had just mentioned something you were thankful for and uh, you actually touched upon reading so like my three questions i like to ask at the end is your favorite book something that genuinely makes you happy and a foundational question which is kind of i'll get to it at the end but those are the three main so favorite book something that genuinely makes you happy and then i'll ask the third one at the end
1: Um, favorite book is difficult, um, basically because I go through all sorts of different favorites. I love reading Hemingway, and I will return definitely to Hemingway. Um, Thomas Hardy, I enjoy. Um, I happen to be a reader, I you know, and I enjoy reading. There's never enough time to sit and read books, um, but my favorites definitely shift over time.
0: And actually, in the books that you do read, is there a particular genre or is it like an author that you're geared towards? Like what what gets you excited about a book?
1: I enjoy history. um, And so I do enjoy historic novels, especially when they're really well-researched. I'm reading one now and I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, But of course, (laughs) I've been reading this one for such a long time. so, you know, and it's about World War I, and it's, it seems to be very well-researched, so I get to fill in on, you know, the historical facts as well as the storyline itself. Um, I also enjoy travel, so I like to read about the places that I go, and um, one of the places that I've been many times is India, and so... um You know, reading books about India and about um, you know historic figures, especially Gandhi, um, I just you know I'll, I'll sit and I'll read through those books, you know, through the histories, and even though you know they tell the same story, they each tell it differently, and so there's always something to learn.
0: I think there's definitely something special about reading it from different contexts and different books because you yourself as the reader gets to piece it all together you know like oh they mentioned one thing or maybe the storyline connects here it's very true i don't think at this point in time i'm as well versed definitely not as well versed as you but i'm starting my journey through reading and reading and probably journaling have been the two biggest habits that i've implemented in the last two three years ever since covid started i'd Mm -hmm. say um, so, besides reading, is there and, and biking? Is there another hobby that you think um, influenced you and, and created your personality and helped you grow as a person?
1: Um, I think that you know, there's takeaway from just about every experience. Um, you know, and in terms of that, I think that really family was you know a very big part. Could you call that a hobby? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, my family, they all think that I'm totally an amateur at it. Um, but I absolutely adore being with my family, um, getting to see my children. You know, we look forward to they're both out of town now. Um, but the, you know, the opportunity, you know, certainly, you know, again, with technology, being able to text and talk to them at any point, um, you know, at you know, holidays when they can't be home you know, to FaceTime them and have them join, you know, our holiday meal. Um, you know, all of those are absolutely wonderful, and um you really do appreciate the importance of family.
0: I love that answer. And I guess because we've touched upon it and kind of um is funneling down to it of what is something that genuinely makes you happy today? Is it a certain hobby? Is it a person? Is it who you've become? It can you know, the answer can go anywhere. It could honestly just be puppies. But what's something that genuinely makes you happy nowadays?
1: Um well, okay, so two categories. Um first of all professionally. Um seeing my students accomplish things, also seeing them actually apply things that I think I helped them learn. Um, you know. You know, it kind of, you know, when you're teaching students, it always goes by the saying it takes a village. You know, it's not just me teaching them radiology, but then also having what I teach validated by my colleagues and by their experiences. And so, you know, when they come to me and, and also when students come back and I do get to see them, um, one of the nice things about our school is that it's, it is a state school so that... um People tend to stay in the area and they come back for continuing education and such. So I get to see them, you know, over the years and to see their progress and to see their successes. So that's really enjoyable. In terms of, um, you know, other things, it's basically being with family and friends and doing things with them Um you know, sometimes it's just simple, like taking walks. Sometimes, you know, it's it's going to concerts, it's traveling and all. And so it's not one specific thing, but it's just that nice feeling of sharing something with other people.
0: Actually, a question that I'm getting secondary to that, because we've talked so much about, you know, your pieces of advice you've learned and stages of life that you've been in and how you've grown as a person. Um, was there a particular point in life where, you know, st- things started, Coming together, we're like, wow! I'm getting to a certain point in my career, or maybe I haven't spent as much time with my family as I would have enjoyed. Right? Was there a certain time that shifted it for you to create the lifestyle you're living right now? Um,
1: I think that it was really more that it evolved. Um, you know, I like to say I plan things, but no, um, things sort of happened along the way, and you know, not exactly as planned, but always, you know, you know, when you look back, they were they worked well. So it was more evolution than revolution and so you know you and you move through phases you know um you know, professionally you know you try to get yourself established and figure out who you are and that took some you know you know a little bit of experimentation um my father was a dentist and I thought that I would go into practice with him which I did and it turned out I didn't really adore practice uh, as much as he did and so I went on to Try teaching. A friend of mine was teaching, and she said, "Why don't you come and teach?" And um, I did. And as it turned out, I really liked it. And one day it turned into two, and that eventually led to full time teaching. And so, you know, that was but that was kind of you know a realization and an evolution. And it's one of the really nice things about our profession that we do have some options there as to what path we want to follow. And you know, But all along the way, I've found people who have been supportive, who have been excellent mentors, and excellent friends.
0: And I can't wait to, as I grow through my professional and personal career, I can't wait to find similar inspirations and people that kind of are there throughout the test of time. And so this leads us to our final question, and I know the audience is probably very sad about it, but it's a good question. So one of the founding principles of this platform is trying to foster connection and help get closer to this to the truth behind what makes a stronger and more aware human. So what do you believe makes a better human?
1: Absolutely listening. Listening to other people, appreciating other people, um finding the commonality and not the differences. Um you know, you have you know When you go out in the world, you know, from your community, um, you go to school, um, you know, and, you know, and onward in your education, and then out into the world, um, you know, you meet people who come from different backgrounds, different places, who have different ideas, different approaches, and it's just like, you know, stopping and saying, well, yeah, they could be right, and not only could they be right, but it could even be better than the way I'm doing it, Um, but that's really hard to do, that's, you know, That takes time um, and continual vigilance to make sure that you're listening and paying attention.
0: Agreed, and a wonderful point to end the podcast on today. Um, So I thank you, Dr. Singer, for all of your wisdom and your enthusiasm for teaching. It really goes a long way, and I don't know how often, you know, our professors and our professional mentors get that thank you, and sometimes you don't even ask for it, but I hope you hear it 10 times over after today. So I'll just pass on the mic to say after I say thank you and a quick goodbye.
1: Thank you all for listening, um, and Definitely listen to more in the series. You'll hear more of my colleagues.